Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post Devotional uh, Podcast. Hope it's still morning there for you. For those of you that have been following along, we have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, We are in chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 10 to 13 one more time. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the text. Now, I plead with you, brethren... By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. For it's been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? In our personal experiences, we have witnessed the unfortunate occurrence of church splits and personal feuds among members resulting in Christ's name being dragged through the mud. These divisions within the body of believers are are disheartening. Christianity's foundation lies in love, unity, and the teachings of Christ. So it's worth noting that divisions in the church has existed since its early years, with some divisions rooted in legitimate differences of belief, such as the acceptance or the rejection of the Messiah. Divisions among Christians are so damaging to the name of Christ that if we do not add humor to this discussion, we will will surely cry. Now, all the joys of the world of church splits and feuds. It's like watching a holy soap opera unfold before our very eyes. Picture this, the violently dramatic disagreements that make the Kardashians look like amateurs. Jesus must be up there face-palming like, seriously, guys? Christianity is about love, unity, and following Jesus' teaching. But boy, have we managed to make a mess of it. It's like, it's like trying to juggle flaming swords while walking on a tightrope. It's not an easy feat, I tell you. And historically, we've had some um, epic breakups. The Great Schism of 1054 was like a, celest- a celestial, it's not me, it's you moment separating the Eastern Orthodox Church from the Roman Catholic Church. Holy drama, Batman. 
But then came the Protestant Reformation, a buffet of new denominations, Lutheranism, Calvinism, Anglicanism, you name it. It was a theological fiesta with a side of division. Can't, can't resist splitting, can we? But wait, no, no, there, there's more. Protestantism couldn't stop itself from dividing further. It, it's like they thought, hey, let's keep splitting until we have a denomination for every person on the planet. After all, a strong Protestant work ethic makes, makes all of them overachievers, right? Now let's fast forward to the present a bit. The Anglican Communion had a massive row over human sexuality and LGBTQ clergy ordination. It got so heated that they birthed the Anglican Church in North America. It's their kind of very own denominational baby shower. Mazel tov. And who could forget the United Methodist Church? They got all tangled up over the same-sex marriage and LGBT clergy ordination. It was like watching a holy tango gone wrong. They even had to propose a fancy-sounding protocol of reconciliation and grace through separation. Talk about relationship drama on a divine level. Even the Presbyterians and Southern Baptists joined the party. They had divisions over theology, leadership, and social concerns. It's like they couldn't resist the temptation to create their own theological clubs. Like, you know, move over book clubs. We have a theological splinter groups now. But is Christ divided? The Corinthians had a delightful knack for division. It's like they turned church unity into a competitive sport. Whose team are you on? Team Paul? Team Apollos? Or how about Team Jesus? It was like a heavenly version of Hunger Games, but with fewer arrows and more theological debates. So Paul steps in with his apostolic authority and gives the Corinthians a good talking to. He's like, hey man, you guys need to get your act together and start speaking the same thing. And by that I mean stop bickering and embracing some good old, stop bickering and start embracing some good old unity. But what does Paul mean by speak the same thing? He's not discussing the latest fashion or trend or the best pizza toppings. No, he's talking about the core teachings of Christianity. You know, salvation through Jesus Christ and living as his faithful followers. It's like he's saying, come on, guys, let's focus on what matters and stop fussing about the small stuff. Let's set the record straight before you think that Paul is some power-hungry authority figure. He's not trying to establish himself as the ultimate truth police. He's not claiming to be the grand pooba of divine knowledge. No, no, Paul knows that the ultimate authority lies with God himself. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the real heavyweights here. Paul is just trying to guide the Corinthians in the right direction. He's like that wise friend who's been there, done that, and has a few insights to share. Jesus handpicked him to spread the good news to the Gentiles, so his words carried some serious weight. But let's not forget what the goal here is. It's unity, not a a cult of Paul worshippers. Paul wanted the Corinthians to come together to put aside their differences and rally around the teachings of Christ. It's like he's saying, look guys, we're all on the same team. Let's focus on what Jesus taught us and let the Holy Spirit work his magic. The Holy 
that the Corinthians needed to stop the my apostle is better than your apostle game and embrace the let's be on the team Jesus mentality. It's about unity, common purpose, and following the teachings of Jesus. After all, Christ isn't divided, so why should his followers be? The quest for unity and the mind of Christ, it's like trying to solve a puzzle without all the pieces. But don't don't worry, for, for there's insights that will tickle our spiritual funny bones that we can pick up on. So to speak the same thing, And to have the mind of Christ, we need to embrace humility as a stand-up comedian embraces awkward silence. It's about valuing others, admitting that we're not the universe's center, and being open to learning from the diverse perspectives around us. Think of it as a comedy roast of our egos, where self-importance gets roasted to a crisp. But it doesn't stop there. Humility is also about serving others. And becoming, and becoming master listeners and putting their needs before ours. It's like we become selfless superheroes using our powers of kindness, volunteering, and championing justice to save the day. Move over, Batman. It's time for Humble Man to take the spotlight. Well, in our, action, in our, in our personal interactions, humility shines like a Broadway star. We step into the shoes of others, feeling their experiences and challenges. No more superiority complexes. It's time for a performance worthy of an Oscar in someone else's life. And when conflict arises, humility takes center stage. We apologize, seek forgiveness, and become the stars of our own soap opera of self-reflection. Cue the dramatic music. Let's say goodbye to arrogance and pride. No more boastful monologues or one-person shows. Instead, we become the biggest fans of others, celebrating their achievements, cheering them on like a grand symphony of support. We're at a comedy club where everyone gets a standing ovation and nobody needs earplugs. Imagine if leaders of every church embraced this comedic transformation We'd witness a show like no other. Different denominations dance together in perfect harmony, doing the humility shuffle. They'd serve their op- their communities with superhero-level selflessness, spreading joy and love like confetti. Conflicts would turn into comedy skits with leaders juggling apologies and reconciliations like skilled performers. It would be a grand spectacle of unity, collaboration, and genuine care for others. Okay, we might be dreamers, but we're not the only ones. This this vision is within reach by adopting the mind of Christ and letting humility take center stage. Leaders can turn the church into a vibrant, united, and peaceful force. So, let the show begin, my friends, and let humility steal the spotlight. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. 
Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of Bright Future Bible Freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.